Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand-new racing app for same-race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. How much time till we're on? We're on, Ron. What? We're on the air right now. Oh. <clears throat> I'm ready. Good evening. I'm Ron Burgundy. Here's what's going on in your world tonight. For Kia, the Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. Hello and welcome to it. It is a Wednesday night on Sports Day. Scotty Sattler in the studio with Jason Matthews here. Hello, everybody. How are we all tonight, Scott? He's cranky again. No, I'm not. Actually, I'm not. He's cranky again at all about the (laughs) Australian cricket and the climate change and decisions, but we're going to talk to the number one. The first. Cricket journalist, uh, I don't think just in this country, I think around the world, Crash Craddock, mm-hmm. to talk about what's going on um, of late in, re- in relation to the uh, the Alintha Energy dropping out of their mm. sponsorship. Uh, but outside of that, it's a big day today. Massive day. Yeah. Frank, my staffy turned five today. So it's a massive day. Oh, wrong one. <laughs> what? <laughs> five. What, what are you going to do for him tonight? Well, I've got him a, like a nice rump steak. Mm-hmm. I'll cook the rump steak for him and hopefully, hopefully his mum's cooked that for him while we're on air. That's a bit sexist. It is a little bit sexist, it is actually. Bit sexist. Yeah. Why couldn't have you done it before you came to work today? Hey, listen, oh, just on the subject of cricket, before I get into everything, yeah. Ireland, 4 for 142, need 35 of 24 balls to beat Scotland. And if you hear some yelling in the background, that's how our producer, Jack, who is a proud Irishman, even though he doesn't speak like an Irishman. No. More, more English, I think, don't you, than... Yeah, a little bit Scottish. He's going to come and yep. punch me in a moment. Mm. Hey, um, well, he's Scottish with his money. We bought... We all... Powerball tomorrow night's like $100 million. Yes. So we're sharing a ticket, the three of us. And it's, he cried when he handed me over 20 bucks. <laughs> you owe me 20 bucks too, by the way. Yep, you'll get that. Okay. Hey, um, why do Irish supporters feel compelled to wear green when they're watching their team? Like, like not a not an Irish jersey or anything, just green jeans. I don't, I don't go and watch Australian wear gold slacks. Why do they? Why do the Irish feel compelled? We can tell by your red hair and your pale skin. <laughs> You're from Ireland, isn't that right, Jack? He's not talking to me. Uh, 0457 736 736. Uh, if you want to get involved in the show tonight, best text will score themselves a double pass uh, to the Golden Eagle, October 29 at Rose Hill. Thanks to this man. Rugby league. And racing <laughs> at New South Wales. Hey, um, I'm looking forward to that race. Day. It's going to be huge. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us too, 1300 is our phone number. Hello to our listeners through the Super Radio Network to HD, my favourite station in uh, Nui, uh, and of course our SEN stations, SENQ 693 in Brizzy, uh, SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SEN 1620 on the Gold Coast, and in Canberra, 1323 AM, the home 
the home of the Australian rugby league coach, Amal Meninga, who's a big big fan of uh, SEN. You can grab the podcast after the show too from wherever you grab it and anywhere, anytime, the SEN app. Download it. You can listen to Sports Day on there. Um, it is a big day in sport. Had a wonderful game of rugby league this morning, didn't we, in oh, the Rugby League World Cup between Tonga and also Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea, yeah. So much passion, and we, we know that with Papua New Guinea. They they play rugby league like it's the last game of rugby league they're ever allowed to play. And there's a, yeah, there's a lot of people in rugby league that could take a, a leaf out of the PNG Kummels book. The way Samoa, for starters. Anyone, anyone that plays rugby league, and they're, they're just so fortunate to be playing the game. And the and the... The effort they put in against Tonga was outstanding. It was it was inspirational, and although that Tonga came away with a a win in the end, scoring with Keon Kulamatangi with about two or three minutes remaining, it was a a great effort by the Kummels. Yeah, outstanding. It was. It was. It was. Uh, it was courageous. And geez, they bent that Tongan line back a few times. And I'm going wow. Oh, they they launched themselves from the from the back fence. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise they were wearing the jumpers in the traditional spots. Because I saw Lachlan Lamb, was it Lachlan? Yeah, yeah playing number seven. Playing number seven. I thought, oh, God, he got lucky. He got the number seven jersey. <laughs> yeah, so each each nation is allowed to pick what their jersey system is, their well, process is. All the PNG players, they all look like front rowers. So I thought, oh, yeah, they're wearing the same jersey system as Australia. Well, but you said to me they weren't. There's just 17 Justin Ollams where they just <laughs> try and right. kill you every time they make contact with you. I mean, their bodies are that hard. It's like they're, they're chiseled out of... Uh, out of granite, it's uh, they're great to watch. I love, I love how um, how passionate they are about the sport and and how much they care about. It's a little bit like the Fijians, how much they care yeah. about their opposition as well. Even though they want to maim you for eighty minutes, yeah. Didn't you see that happen in a game in Papua New Guinea once with Petro Sivanasiva? Was there? Didn't someone get injured? Yeah. A Papua New Guinean player. Got injured, right. And then you said a fan ran out. And a wanted... fan ran out. So we were playing in Moresby and, and Petro's a hero up there. They love Petro and everyone loves Petro. But anyway, this – so we're all standing around because there's concern about this Papua New Guinean player that was injured. And this fan somehow – and there's a massive crowd. And somehow this fan got through the through the fence and ran out and he was touching Petro on the shoulder. And we're going, hey, g'day, mate. How are you? You know, he's going, he's going <laughs> like he's pointing his jersey and his shorts. He wants – he wants Petro short right there and then while we're playing. And okay, Petro's going, enough. no, no, we can't. But you find me after and we'll we'll try and get it to you then. All of a sudden he looked over the shoulder of Petro and he saw the local, you know, security and police had let the dogs <laughs> off the leashes. Oh no. So he's trying to sprint to get back to the fence as quick as possible to throw himself back into the crowd. Oh, he just see some amazing things in, in we, Moresby. We need that in Australia at our grounds. We need the dogs, because that'll stop. That'll stop pitch invaders. And then, and then security guards won't get in trouble for tackling people. What's the most famous pitch invader episode at what sport? I oh. mean, the one that stands out is the origin. Uh, what was his name? The I, Naked Man, was it? Yeah, yeah. And he looked like Gordy Tullis. <laughs> and, um, and Matt Scott actually scored a try, but they disallowed it. They stopped, they stopped play. 0457 736 736. What are some of the great pitch invaders at sports? I'll give over- you one. It doesn't have to be local. It can be international. It was was it when Steve Waugh made that 200 in the West Indies and the pitch invader was? Greg Ritchie. Greg Ritchie. Yeah. Blind as. <laughs> and apparently Steve Waugh said, fat cat, what are you doing out here? Get off. <laughs> That's the best one for mine. Hey, Arthur, uh, author, not Arthur, author Murray Barnett will be joining us as well. He's a... Uh, 
Uh, well, in the second half of the show tonight, he's released a book on uh, the great Kerry Bostead. What a great, what a great player from an era of smaller wingers, Sats. Yep. But he had some, he had some big opposition in mm. the likes of the Terry Fays and Eric uh, Groth. Eric Groth. Mark Harris was a centre, but a big man. Yeah. Well, he's uh, he's written a book on on Kerry, and I know we've got a lot of Roosters and Seagulls fans and Bears supporters. The only player that I'm aware of who's played for New South Wales and Queensland in the same year. I think Rocket Rod Reddy did. Was he another 1980? one? 1980. Right? I, I may be wrong. Listeners may be able to tell me more. 0457 736 736. What are your memories of the great Kerry Bostead? Let me throw it out another thing too on that. Yep. Where Where is he in the list of all-time great wingers? In the history of the game? Yep. Top 10. Okay. Yeah. I think Ken Irvine and um, – and then your, your recent like Eric Groths, uh, your recent great wingers as well. But uh, for a small man who was a tremendous defender as well, Kerry boasted, played for Australia only after playing a handful of games in his little town of Innisfale, which go. is in North Queensland. So he went on two kangaroo tours, played nearly 30 tests for Australia. Um, an amazing player, amazing player, and a great little guy as well. Why don't we uh, throw it out to our listeners, 0457 736 736. Who, who else should be there alongside Kerry Bosted in the top 10 greatest wingers of all time? Mm. Love to hear your thoughts on that uh, tonight. Fair Dinkum Worm, is, who's that? What are you doing cooking the great Frank Sattler steak? Oh, that's me, give it, Oh, give it to him raw. No. It's better for him. No. Nah. But by the way, many happy returns, Frank. Now we're not taking birthday greetings for Frank. We are, we are, if you want, and I'll pass them on. But um, Rooster Muzz, I got told never to give them raw. That probably don't give them raw chicken. I nearly lost him after eating some raw chicken. Okay, so radio, get your text. So he will get, he will get not only steak, he'll get some broccolini on the side as well. Anyway, move on. He eats better than my family. Mm. 0457 736 736, greatest wingers of all time to join the list with Kerry Bowser. Also Bostead. the best streaks. And the best streaks. We've got a few coming through on that already. Of course, Andrew Simons, shoulder charge. Yeah. Sam Kerr, I don't, shoulder charge. I don't know this one. Yeah. That wasn't long ago, actually. Was it wasn't it? long ago, yeah. While she was playing for – Jack, what club did she play for? Chelsea, while she was playing for Chelsea. She's a fan or – yeah, obviously. Yeah, a streaker. Wow. Yeah, shoulder charge. I think streakers should just be left alone. Just let them well, – but what if they get close to a – What you do what you do is you let the streaker run around yep. and then you put some Benny Hill music on and then a nurse jumps the fence and chases them. <laughs> <laughs> or someone in a nurse's uniform. That's you being creepy again. No, that's Benny Hill comedy. Yeah. Mate. That's fantastic. My favourite pitch invader, of course, was that bloke that got levelled by Andrew Simons. Michael, yeah, it's, it's one of the favourites, isn't it? Uh, was it Greg Hartley, referee, pitch yep. invader, the woman telling him off? Manly versus Parramatta. There you go. Yep. She was outstanding. Yeah. She was – her poor husband. She's barefoot. <laughs> She's just giving it Sunny's to him. Sunny's on. <laughs> 0457 736 736. Best text tonight wins the double pass of the Golden Eagle race day at Rose Hill, Saturday 29th of October. Thanks to our mates at Racing New South Wales. For expert car service, uh, book into your local authorised Repco service centre. We talked about Tonga. Oh, we've got That's up. Ridiculous tonight as oh, well. Oh, we do too. Sorry, Sats. Yeah. Uh, what You've got one as a bit of a teaser? Bit of a teaser. What's a, That's Ridiculous? Doesn't have to be sport. Can be anything. But the last night, the WBBL, Thunder versus the Hurricanes, the players had to lie on the ground because of swooping plovers. Come on. That's ridiculous. Now, did the ground staff not 
think to tell anyone that there was some mm. plover nests. This is Pat Cummins is right, mate. This is climate change. Yep. The I birds agree. are going nuts. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, okay. So we need some Benny Hill music. Yeah. And we need a nurse to chase yep. around a, a, a nude. nerds Because that's what Benny – remember Benny Hill used to chase Oh, that little nurses. old guy. Yeah. Yeah, you saw his – The one the little bald head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we just – and plus it looks funny, okay. right? So we have – I don't care. Have a doctor. It yep. could be a male nurse. It's for all I care. I don't care. Mm. I'm not sexist. So you have a, the Benny Hill music going, chasing a naked person around a field. That Kids will love that. They'll be – They'll be signing up for 20 years as members. Now, let's get back to cricket. If you've got swooping magpies or plovers or anything like that, yep. pluck a duck. Get pluck a duck out there with some Benny Hill music. The plovers have those hooks underneath their wings, don't yes, they? Yes, they do. They try and get you with, the, with their wing. They're horrible on a golf course. Mm. They have their babies. What? I am not interested what in your What do they play ball. off? <laughs> <laughs> Jack, that's not even funny. <laughs> You hear Jack laugh in the background. Where are we up to? Uh, you talked about Tonga beating a brave PNG. Have a listen to the final try. They got Tonga over the line. Luke throws Dubby, goes left, 12 metres out. Kafusi's knocked the ball down. Tokiaho then. They've made an absolute mess of this, the Tongans. They scramble an egg on Totally Wicked Stadium there. And then they get out of it with Kola and kept it alive for Katoa. It was Penasini with a pass. Then over his head, Tokiaho's got the ball. He's kicked to the end goal. And they have pulled out a three out of I think you know where. Yeah, good call from Vossi. We had him on the show last He's night. He's a good caller, isn't he? Should we stop talking about the rugby league because the cricket um, is getting very exciting. By the way, download the SCN app. And you can listen to every game of the ICC T20 World Cup live and exclusive on the SN app. And all the big Australian games and all the other big games, they'll be on your SN, SEN radio stations. Jack, come in here for a sec. Do you want to Do you want to bring the Irish home there? It looks like they're going to get the job done against Scotland. Well, they need about 10 off 10 balls. They're, they're a pretty big target too, didn't they, Jacko? You're very excited. You're up and about. Look at these people wearing green. 77. 177 Scotland uh, posted. Ireland uh, were dropping it, dropping it fairly early, but you know they steadied the ship. Nine off nine balls yeah, now. This has been a partnership that's gone on. Now for is this a long is this class as an, an upset? Uh, ooh, no, no, they'll be two pretty even teams. I'd say they're two very fairly fairly well suited teams. Do Does Ireland this... and Scotland like each other? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Who has the best whiskey? Well, that's you know personal taste. Well, Irish or the Scots? Oh, I'd say Irish. Tullamore Jew. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd probably back this. Jemison. This. Mm. I do like that. I mm. mean, drink responsibly, kids. But mate, is this, this is um, this is big. So if Ireland win this, do they go through to the next stage, or is this what's the go here, Jack? I know I'm the fourth, but yeah, you are the fourth. Uh, I still. Oh, that's a that's going. That's all the way. That's I, for a four. I think uh, we <laughs> great commentary there yeah. from Jack. We went from oh, Bossy yes, to Jack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so who's doing the game right now? Because this is where we should be. Uh, yeah, so essentially I think we'll still need to win one more because we lost uh, we next? earlier in the week. Well, we would play – we lost against the – was it the Windies we lost against? Uh, the Windies just got beaten. I'll yeah. tell you. I'll mm. tell you in a sec. But So they need five of – wow. There's a very enthusiastic Irish supporter yeah. who's not wearing green, but didn't have teeth. So I think she had a green bottom tooth. I think I know her. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, there's been a great crowd out. I mean, they've been there all day. They're enjoying themselves. This is Lots Ireland's highest ch- race run chase 
in World Cup history. There you go. They need, what, four now off one over? No, we need one. They need oh, one, one do they? off yeah. six, seven balls. You should, I think you've That's got it, it, Jack. You've got it. Well done, Jack. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. No, mm. I'll tell you when Ireland are next playing, Jack. Now, Bondi Jack says, uh, Jason, as you are clearly unaware, Motto point out that every team is wearing their traditional numbers except Australia. Thanks to that dimwit, we don't want to hurt feelings. Ireland, uh, Ireland will play the West Indies. You're right, at Blundstone Arena on Friday. At 2 o'clock in the Arvo. There you have it. Well, that's uh, Queensland time. So there you have it, Jack. You should beat the Windies. There we go. You, you, oh, oh, you beauty. You beauty. What? Jack's just talk for, for a moment. I know this is the sloppiest start to a show. Okay, Steve from Dubbo said, Evening, fellas. Jeez, you blokes know how to sell a book. Now I feel like getting the, Bosted, the Kerry Bostead book. Steve's got a few books on the way, I'm led to believe. Um, it'd be a really good read. I've got to say... he. He did. He was a very small winger, and wingers weren't big back then mm. historically. But then we did start to see the the introduction of well, Mark Harris was around, who was more of a centre, and then you saw Terry Fay, the Redfern Express, and then Eric Growth, of course. Uh, one of the great pommy wingers back in the fifties, sixties was a big guy by the name of Billy Boston. He was probably one of the biggest wingers around in his day. Uh, but Kerry boasted he he is against the elements. He was an amazing defender as well. Radio, uh, very quickly. Did I stretch enough for you then? Yeah, you did. Okay. We're going to go to a break because we have the greatest cricketing journalist in Australia joining us in just a moment, Robert Crash Craddock uh, from the Courier Mail. This is Sports Day. You can rely on your local Repco authorised service centre. Ireland have beaten Scotland. And as you said, Sats, mm-hmm. uh, that's their biggest win in the biggest World Cup. Biggest run chase. Biggest run chase yep. in the World Cup. Uh, here's a solution again uh, for the birds, the plovers. Yep. Uh, for the uh, BBL, the women's BBL. Bit of this. <laughs> Pluck a duck. Is that why I was stretching time for? Yeah. So you can. You know we do this in our we do this in our NRL Nation call, our SEM League call. If the game is so shambolic. Yep. And boring mm. that we play, and there's so many mistakes, we play with a little bit of Benny Hill. Well, that describes the start of our show tonight. We'll get into gear now because uh, Crash will be joining us at the moment. This is Sports Day. Thanks to Kia. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. We'll be back soon. For Kia. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. Yeah, welcome back to the show. As we said just before the break, uh, Ireland have defeated Scotland in their T20 World Cup game uh, this afternoon, chasing down 177 runs, their highest run chase in T20 uh, World Cup history. Well done to Ireland, Jack. Jack celebrating. He's uh, shouted us all a Kingston biscuit. Can I just say? Yeah. I know we had true or false. No, we didn't end up doing true or false Tuesday last night. We ran out of time. We had too much to talk about. But I've got to say true or false, Kingston biscuits are the best biscuits on the market. False. True. I feel embarrassed talking about Kingston biscuits in front of one of the greatest cricket journalists to ever live. Mm. Uh, he's joining us now on Sports Day. We refer to him as the first, the number one journalist in world cricket, Crash Craddock, joining us now for the Courier Mail on Sports Day. G'day, Crash. Uh, g'day, Jason. Scott, gosh, I thought you must have had another guest on, mate. I was thinking, I wonder who <laughs> they've got on. This guy would be worth listening to. Now, Crash, before we get into cricket, and there's plenty going on, you just be 
you'd be champing at the bit at the moment with cricket. Are you still biting those fingernails of yours? <laughs> yes, if you could see them now, Sats, yes, barely uh, at age 60, mate, there's not much left of me, you know, <laughs> on top of my head. The only growth is the hair in my ears, mate. You know, mm. that's how I'm going. That's how bad I'm doing, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I look forward to getting hair in my ears. That's the only place I haven't got it coming out of at the moment, Crash. Jeez, um, I tell you what, it's been a, a massive week uh, for Australian sport, particularly around sponsorship. We had the, of course, the Diamonds netball team, the Australian team, players coming out with regards to Gina Reinhart's support of, mm. of that side, mm. not just re- regarding comments by, disgusting comments by her father back in 1984, but the fact that it's a mining company uh, and it goes against their moral beliefs. We've now, uh, Pat Cummins is, is being quite vocal on his thoughts on climate change. Alinta Energy mm. have now decided to withdraw their sponsorship from Cricket Australia and put it into another area. And, and they're saying it's got nothing to do with Pat's Comments, and we, we have to we have to believe that. But this afternoon, um, crash. Adam Zampa has said uh, he supports his skipper Pat Cummins on climate change. He said, "I think there's going to be a collaborative approach between the players and Cricket Australia and sponsors." But that's probably all I can really comment. Crash, are we at the stage now where the players are going back to having too much power? And really, we've got to get the players' approval, perhaps, to see who sponsors the cricket team moving forward. Yeah, look, it's a great question, Jason, and it's one that uh, I constantly ponder. And uh, you must remember, though, that players have to wear it. They have to they have to uh, wear the sponsors' logos. So it's tacit endorsement of, of everything, isn't it? If you put someone's gear on, and for, for, for decades, I feel that there's been times when clubs have just proceeded with sponsorship deals without worrying who it might offend. So. There is a a sweet spot in the middle, and it's very hard to find. It really is. But, you know, how far do you go with sponsorship? I mean, KFC sponsor the Big Bash. You know, that's a, uh, you know, a takeaway food outlet in a country concerned about obesity, selling it to kids. And, and, you know, that's, they're very generous and good sponsors, but... You know, I've had people ring me up and complain about that. And and I get that. I, I get the whole narrative of having betting companies uh, sponsor a lot of things. And so where does it end? That's the thing. Because so often, Jason, the companies with the money are the ones with, uh, you know, you can quite often have, the, you know, the, the, the moral challenges. Let's just put it that way. Mm. Now, Crash, with what's been, you know, been, portrayed in the media over the last 24 hours and everyone's got an opinion. 95% of Australian cricket fans and sporting fans think this is absolutely ridiculous, but it's obviously the way of the world now. And the pool of commercial partners and sponsors is so small in Australia when it comes to sponsoring sport. How do they navigate their way through this, Cricket Australia? Well, it's. I think Cricket Australia will be fine because they're a, they're a big sport and a national sport, and they'll get through. It's the, it's the smaller sports like netball, who if Gina Reinhart withdrew her $14 million endorsement of them, who, who fills that breach? Mm. You tell me. And, and netballers I've spoken to have said that, you know, the team is, is sort of 50-50 on like they, they don't They went out in sympathy with the teammate who felt awkward about the comments of Gina Reinhart's father. And then they never sort of thought it'd be the issue it was. Well, but, you know, and, and you can't take the stand and then take the money, can you? Really? 
if, if you're true to yourself. You can't sort of say, we don't want your name in our uniforms, but we'll keep the 14 million, thanks very much. So, look, it, it's very tricky ground. It, it really, really is. And I think this story will get bigger before it gets smaller. Will there be some sports, you think, Crash, if they take this angle that they become a poison chalice to some commercial um, partners where they say, listen, we just yeah, need to stay away. Let's go look at a sport where we're not going to get so many negative headlines. Well, let's put it this way, Scott. I understand that there are people at Linter Energy who are really disappointed in the Australian cricket team uh, because they said, gosh, we jumped on board with you and stuck with you after Sandpaper Gate when many sponsors wouldn't. We stuck with you through COVID when many sponsors wouldn't. So, you know, they, they were very loyal to Cricket Australia. So they're having their brand... I'm not saying trashed. I'm saying tarnished and smudged. And and you can do without that when you put as much into the game as what they have. I, I kind of feel sorry for the sponsors in this sense. I mean, Gina Reinhart, uh, absolutely, who's given, I think, crashed something like over $300 million towards Australian sport and has never asked for anything in return. Mm. And I, I, I kind of go, geez, I think it's a bit tough. And, and same with the Linda Energy. I, I can't mm. see... Mm. I can't see what they've done wrong. So I'm kind of almost taking the no, the, the no. side of the sponsor in, in both of these circumstances. Yeah. It, 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 it's a very good point, Jason. It's a very, very good point you make. And, and I think, you know, like, as I said in the story today, one, one sport's princess is another's pariah, isn't it? Yeah. Like uh, swimming, and I, I, I covered the uh, – I was at the – parents get together at, at Noosa when the Australian team was in Tokyo. The swimming parents all got together at a hotel in Noosa and stayed up there for five nights. Gina Reinhardt was there for five nights. She mixed, mixed really comfortably with the parents. There was no ego. If you just said, who's Gina Reinhardt in here and you didn't know her face, there was nothing that said she was a famous person in that room. She was just mixing and mingling, as likely to talk to the battlers as a really well-known parent. So yeah. she, she, and as you said, it's a very good point, Jason. She asked for nothing back. So, but I do think this, I do think this, I think moving forward, I'll be interested to see whether at some stage she comments on and distances herself from her father's remarks. Yeah. I think that'd be, she doesn't have to do that, but I think it would help the situation in the future. Like why she says nothing. It's sort of, I'm not saying it's tacit endorsement of those horrendous marks he made, but it would certainly help if she sort of said, look, those remarks remain by my father and I had nothing to do with them. And I, I love indigenous sport and boom, boom, boom. That's probably all it needs. Yeah. 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 True. That's well, well said crash. Let's move ahead to the cricket. How good is Saturday going to be? SCG, full house, old foes, the Aussies and the Kiwis doing battle in their first T20 matches of the World Cup. Yeah, Australia's normally got New Zealand's number in big games. It's funny, this big big brother, little brother thing surfaces. And, uh, you know, I, I think it'll surface again if the weather permits. Um, New Zealand can beat pretty much anyone else, but they do struggle against Australia. <laughs> The big moment for me by a thousand miles is when Trent Bolt, that mesmeric New Zealand left armour, takes the new ball and he said, right, I'm going to swing an in-swinger into Aaron Finch's pads. Three of them in a row he'll get and I'm going to try and get him LBW. Does Finch 
have the batting technique at the moment to cope with those late-swinging, pad-seeking missiles. <laughs> hey, Crash, uh, with all what's been happening over the last 24 hours with the, the sponsorship of Quick Cricket Australia, it's probably taken a fair bit of the focus away of how poorly they've been playing in the lead-up to their first game in the World Cup. Do you, are you concerned about their form mm. leading into the World Cup, or do you think they're comfortable where they are and they've just been experimenting? Yeah. Yeah, a bit of both, Sats. One thing I will say is I'm not sure you want to be too perfect too early, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like you, It's a bit like the kangaroos. You, 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 want, you want that feeling that your side is refining itself. Now, there's not too many moving parts in the Australian cricket team. Steve Smith all played minimal role in the tournament, I think. He's been squeezed out by Tim David. And, yeah, there'll be little changes. Um, they, they've lost three games relatively narrowly. Uh, including a trial game. I, I like the feel of their team. I do. They're a very, very old team. You know, like, goodness me, I think the baby of the team's Tim David. Is it at 27? Who else have we got that's younger than him? I'll have to think. Yeah, well, I but, can't think uh, of yeah. I remember When they won the World Cup, when they won the World Cup last year, incredibly, the youngest player in the team was Pat Cummins. Yeah, that's incredible, yeah. isn't it? Now, um, how will the Cricket Australia, do you think, or how have they reacted to Aaron Finch saying that he thinks the players may be tired when you're leading into a World Cup crash? <laughs> mm. Extraordinary statement, wasn't it? And, and uh, not just uh, leading into World Cup sats, but this is October, mm. you, you know? It, 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 <laughs> it's, it, it's like saying that a rugby league player is tired in March, you know? Um, but uh, one thing I will say is uh, yeah, that was referring to Glenn Maxwell and some of these players, and they're, they're pretty much citizens of the world these days, and seasons don't really matter. They just go from T20 tournament to another, and, and um, so you never quite know where a guy's head in head is. I know they're worried about Maxwell. They just feel he's gone off the boil. Um, you know, I, I just he had a few reasonable shots at the Gabba the other day, but where's his head? It'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Hey, Crash, before we let you go, uh, the ODI captaincy, um, uh, Cummins has put his hand up for it, concerning that there is a lack of leadership on offer uh, in the ODI team. I I guess the standout for me is Dave Warner. Why didn't Cricket Australia, four years on from Sandpaper Gate, why didn't they consider him to be the ODI captain? Because they haven't changed their code of conduct, which allows him to appeal against his life sentence, have a hearing with them where he pleads that he is now an improved person. So I felt it was a pretty token gesture. You know, like uh, they rushed, I think, the Cummins appointment through, mainly because the Warner thing was bubbling up and sort of bubbling out of control. It was There was so little happening elsewhere that it was the main story in cricket day after day. So I think they thought, let's jump on this. Let's appoint Cummins. They will lift the Warner ban, I think, uh, in the next month or so. But what's he got to aim for? Not much. Mm. The prize he wanted is gone now. Uh, Cummins is a pretty good decision, I think. He'll be they'll captain by committee. Steve Smith will rally around him. And indeed, will Warner. But I do know this. David Warner is very upset about it. So interesting times ahead. Radio uh, Crash, we love chatting to you all the time. As we say, you are the number one cricket journalist on Sports Day and in Australia. Uh, mate, we appreciate your time, and thanks again for joining us on Sports Day. 
No, thanks for having me on, guys. Always enjoy it. Thanks Thank a lot. See you, Sat. See you, Jason. See Bye. There he goes. Crash Craddock. Makes um, it simple, doesn't he? Oh. It's really interesting, though, to hear his comments around Dave Warner. Oh, I think he's been hard done by, mate. And I've never, you know, I've never been a massive Warner fan, but he's changed. He's, he looks to have. I just think an age thing plays a part. Yeah, the code of conduct, I get that. And he, he explained it uh, really well then, Crash. But also an age thing, leading into an ODI World Cup in the coming couple of years. Um, you know, he'll be 30, what, 36 at that stage, 37, maybe, I think. So do they start to look at someone who they get some longevity out of? I can see that. And he doesn't need a C next to his name to be a leader. I know he wants to be anointed a captain and have that as part of his resume. I get that and I yeah. understand it. But being a leader of the Australian cricket side internally without the letter next to his name, yeah, it's it's really important anyway. Was uh, Warner, Davey Warner, hard done by 0457 736 736. Best text tonight scores that double passed. To the Golden Eagle race date, Rose Hill, October 29. Thanks to Racing New South Wales. We better get to a break. This is Sports Day for Kia. Australia's most wanted. The Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage. Cars of the year. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Welcome back. Australia's most wanted. The Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage. Cars of the year. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. Uh, join Robson Civil Projects, jobs at robsoncivil.com.au. You are childish. You are going off about me using one of your questions. No, no, to what cr- you did. No, See, I did I, not. I do lots of preparation. So do I. Bef- That's a lie. I'm the fourth, right? How do I, It's all up here. So, I write so stuff listeners... This morning, I'm sitting there. I've got Crash Craddock on. I go through the run sheet. I start writing in some of the questions. And oh, by the way, so what I've he got does, Crash Craddock. So yeah. what he does is he looks at the question and goes, no, how, can no, I, no. how can I re-sculpture and reshape <laughs> that to make not. it sound like I mine? I do not. Oh, I do not. What a wanker. I went through the Zampa press conference and everything this afternoon. You are. Mm. You are. You, you know what you are. Okay. Anyway, text messages. There's been a uh, couple of topics <laughs> we looked at in relation to the famous pitch invaders and uh, also some great wingers, a lot of tech too. We'll get through some of these now. Uh, Sporty Gav, one of our loyal listeners, says, uh, Hey, guys, the famous pitch invader was the one when Terry Alderman injured himself severely in a test match, 82-83. He did too. He dislocated his collarbone, his shoulder. He was an amazing bowler, wasn't he? Big in that Ashes series in 89 as well. What Outstanding. Us, mate. Yeah. I'll give you another pitch invader if we're doing some of those. Yep. Uh, the pig. And Tony Lockett, the SCG, when he was playing for St Kilda. Yeah. What did it have written on the pig? Can we plugger. Remember? I think it had a plugger. Did it have a plugger? Yeah. I just want to ask this, right? Yep. I can't even get a little bottle of whiskey into the SCG. Mm-hmm. How does someone get a bloody pig True. into the SCG? Like, where, yeah. what do you do with that? Do you walk in with it and go, never mind? Um, it, they <laughs> could have said it was their, like, their walking pig. like Companion. Yeah. A seeing eye pig. Seeing eye pig. Now, uh... <laughs> Sorry, I just... You just want to play it, don't you? Now, Rooster Muzz says, uh, Woogie Worm and Jack. About seven or eight years ago, a dog ran onto the pitch in a soccer match in Argentina between Central Rosario versus River Plate. Said dog then proceeded to have an almighty dump in the middle of the pitch. The crowd were going nuts, cheering and laughing. Open hearing the applause, Old Rover then did a lap of honour. Yeah, nice. (laughs) That's great. That's outstanding. Um... I've never seen that. I'll have to Google that. Now, in some of our great wingers, um, Moose says, Daryl Halligan was very underrated. Um, turned every kicker. try into six. Unless you're a Norse fan, 
and he had a horrible day one day when North looked like they're going to make the grand final. Uh, we got a lot of texts here about uh, great wingers. Grew up watching great Brett Morris. Was devastated when he left the Saints. Yeah, the Morris twins are outstanding. I could never, not until late in their career, I, rem- I, re- I could, I could pick out which one was which, which one was the centre, and which one was the winger. Um, that Brett was more the winger. Uh, now wingers, the Wellington Express for Terry Fay, not the Redfern Express. Yeah, he was. He was born in Wellington, Western New South Wales. What a great player he was, Terry Fay. He never. He, he, everyone talks always talks about. You know, your Wendell Sailors and your Eric Groths and um, you know, Ken Irvine's, Michael Cleary's, all these great wingers over many decades. But I've got to say, Terry Fay often gets forgotten. Yeah. Oh, he was just, he was an amazing player. As we were, when we were kids growing up, um, we always wanted to be someone. And when we had our backyard commentary mm. to ourselves with the footy by ourselves in the backyard, I was always Terry Fay. Were you really? Yep, he was my favourite. I was Bobby Bobby uh, McCarthy. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, yeah, Bobby. But you'd see Bobby McCarthy every weekend. He was probably at your house <laughs> throwing the footy to you. Now uh, this is ending on in zero four nine. This text message: Great wingers, ex referee Shane Hayne. No relation to Jared Hayne, playing for the Muzzlebrook Rams, legs coated in goanna oil. <laughs> is that from Shane? <laughs> on a serious note, Chica Ferguson was great to watch. There you go. A little bit like. There you go. Chicka Ferguson was a little bit like Kerry Bostead. We're going to talk to Mary Barnett a little bit later on, the author of um, Kerry Bostead's biography. And Chicka was like Kerry Bostead. They'd, they'd look like they were running on the spot, and all of a sudden they changed direction, and they wouldn't lose an ounce of speed. Uh, he was an amazing – he's Badger's favourite player, mm. Chicka Ferguson. Yeah, he was too. Hey, can I just change tack here for a yep. moment? And I, I agree with this. It's a, it's a text to you. Uh, read this constant gutter talk and dragons and especially Anthony Griffin bashing. I, I heard something on, on SEN the other morning where uh, one of the producers was saying, who's under the most pressure, which coach under the most pressure next year? And they're going, oh, it's, it's Hook. I'm going, really? What, why, why is Anthony Griffin always the one who's always bashed by dragon supporters, non-dragon supporters? I mean, can I, can I lay it to you, Sats? Mm-hmm. I mean, Adam Elliott. Oh, not Adam Elliott. Adam O'Brien in Newcastle ain't setting the world on fire. But why does when, – when we talk – I hate the talk about coaches under pressure. But why does everyone bash Anthony Griffin? Well, there are some people in the media that have got agendas around around their club and where they – and what particular coaches they want at that club. So um, with – and it's also about the club and supporter base, uh, historic and traditional – Reasons as well. You know, some of the most heavily supported and, and passionate clubs and have, have the most passionate supporter bases have the biggest, I believe, have the biggest spotlights on them. And hence why the Dragons is, is a club that always has a huge spotlight on it because it's got a proud history um, and there's always a lot of pressure on anyone in that position. Be honest, Anthony Griffin, Hook, mm. can coach, right? Absolutely he can. And I, I know you think highly of him. I think highly of him, not because I'm close to him, uh, and I'm saying I'm not close to him. I'm, I just I really respect the man off the field. He's a tremendous guy. Um, he's got great values, but I've seen firsthand the effect that he's had on young rugby league players coming into first grade. Anthony Griffin's one of those coaches that you need to give him time, and unfortunately, rugby league doesn't give you a lot of time to to form form a really good and healthy and strong rugby league team. So 
you know, he's got a really good blend of youth and experience at the moment. Unfortunately, the the younger players there who are so, you know, so urgent in playing first grade now instead of first learning the game, learning how to prepare well, learning how to read the game, uh, learning about your opposition, learning about your teammates around you, learning your position within a team. Unfortunately, young players these days they're not patient enough, not composed enough, and. And so you're fighting that battle. If if he can get that get it right there and get those younger players, you know, patient and 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 happy where they're sitting within the club and get those older players to be able to teach them along the way, they've got a really good team and they've got a good coach to take them to that to that next chapter. That's what I think. Uh, which um, which journalists are under most pressure? Uh, rugby league journalists are <laughs> under most pressure for 2023. Can, let's list those, should we? And I wish they would come out and say, hey, listen, I've got an agenda because I want this person to go to this club. Mm. Let's, let's be transparent people. And ex-players coming out and rubbishing a coach because he's not the – you know, the, the club's never been the same since Wayne Bennett. Just to shut up. Yeah, where, where he's been – It's a been, tough job. Clubs that he's been at, he's actually had them in really good positions. Look at Penrith. Yeah, he's had them in really good – and the way that he's exited clubs as well, he's done it with, with grace mm. and humility as well. And that's why he's – has, he has got first-grade jobs at other clubs because the way that he's un, in two times now with the Broncos, with Wayne going back there, and also um, you just mentioned then the, the Penrith Panthers. Yeah. He exited the, with, with class. And they were in the top four, weren't they, when he, when he actually yeah, got the yeah, They were yeah. definitely well and truly in the top eight. Mm. Anyway, what are your thoughts on Hook? A great man. Is he a great coach? 0457 736 736. This is Sports Day. We better go to a break. 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. We'll be back soon. For Kia, the Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. Yeah, Badger's back next Wednesday night. Looking forward to that. We're together for a couple of nights, aren't we? And then you bugger off. For a week. Yeah, you worked out where you're going yet? You're going anywhere? I don't know because you know Frank's turned five as you, as you would have heard earlier on today. Um, Righto, let's and I don't move like, on. I don't like leaving Frank by himself. Lay bin segment. Play your way on Cox Plate Day with Betfair. <laughs> Gamble responsibly. Call one eight hundred eight five eight eight five eight. What are you laying, Sats? What do you think's not going to win? Tonga winning a semi final in the World Cup. Now the way it's mapping out, it's that uh, Australia will play New Zealand semi final. And if everyone goes through winning, uh, Tonga will play England. I feel as though they don't have strong enough halves in a kicking game to beat a team like England. So I'm going to say I'm laying, lay binning, Tonga winning a semi-final. Right, there you have it. Uh, me, Australian cricket team, I'm laying that they won't make the World Cup T20 final. Australia? Yeah. Okay, wow. I don't think they're... I, I, I disagree with Crash on this. I love the man. I respect the man. I look up to the man, but I just don't think they're not clicking, the Aussies. I just don't think they're clicking. Anyway, mm. uh, back and lay bet on Cox Plate Day. Join at betfair.com.au or search for our app. Gamble responsibly. Call 1 800 858 858. Boy, we've got a lot coming up soon. We've got a lot. We've got A League. Uh, we've got oh, heaps. Oh, and a preview of a new Rocky movie on the way.
Australia's most wanted. The Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage, cars of the year. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. We'll be back soon. For Kia, Australia's most wanted. The Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage, cars of the year. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. Welcome to the second big hour of the show. As I said earlier, Gary Belcher back on uh, next Wednesday night from his his lovely trip to Indonesia, just surfing, living in a hut. So I think he went about nine days just a fair way off, like when you talk about Bali, Indonesia, a fair way off the coastline, just in some remote area, him and three of his mates. Him and Wilson. And then, and then, um, and then he met up with, his beautiful wife, Carlene, and the other ladies in, in Bali. Not a nice. bad holiday, hey? It's fantastic. Mm. Just from a, I just spent three weeks there, remember? I can't believe you spent three weeks oh, in Bali. So good. The biggest decision was, what time am I going to have a beer today? Mm. Every it, day. Do you, sometimes you say to yourself, it's just still too early, even though I'm on holidays? No, never. I, that thought never crossed my mind. See, it does mean when I'm on holidays and when I go to my in-laws in New Zealand, and they, they're very social, they'll say, oh, do you want a spiced rum and and dry it, it's 10.30. And I go, I just can't do it. What? Nah, I wasn't drinking that early. Can't do it. No, no, no. I sort of got to the period where I've gone, eh, it's 11 a.m., no more coffee. Mm. And then I thought, now I've got to start planning. This is what I guess. But also, like, grand final day over there in the AFL, that started for me at about 11.30 a.m. with mm. all the countdown and all that sort of stuff. So... Being two hours behind. Anyway, we're boring everyone. Yeah. Welcome to the second big hour. Simon Orchard from Greyhound, New South Wales, uh, joining us soon. That's ridiculous. He's got a couple of very good tips I hear. Late at Wenny Park. Okay, yeah, races eight and nine, yeah. I think I've seen come through. So uh, stand by for that. Uh, more of your texts on 0457 736 736. Thanks to McDonald Jones' birthday sale, which is on now. McDonald Jones, of course, big supporters of Sports Day, have been for a long time. We love having you on board. Uh, best text or call tonight on 1300 011170. We'll score themselves a double pass to the Golden Eagle Race Day Saturday week, uh, thanks to Racing New South Wales. Now, speaking of that's ridiculous, and we're not, I've got one here from Sean, mm-hmm. and we're talking about um, Hook Griffin before we went to the break and how Anthony, I don't know, every... every 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 me- I'm gonna be careful what I say here, but every media guy seems to attack uh, the Dragons coach, and you know he'll be the first one to go in 2023. And I hate all that rubbish. I really do, and you do too, Sats. Yep. Here's a really good text from Sean Sats. What did you think of Matt Cooper's comments about Hook last week on on Twitter? Yeah, I, I didn't like it actually, and. Uh, to, to the listeners who didn't see it, he tweeted something around the Dragons, how they've lost tradition, and it, it got lost when Wayne Bennett left the club. And of course, Wayne Bennett gets success at a lot of clubs whenever he goes there, and um, he also hasn't had success at some clubs, but that's just the way that sport is. And, yeah. But with the comment itself from from Matty Cooper, who was a, just a tremendous, tremendous player and a great Dragons player, and um, I, I was disappointed because sometimes – Jace, old boys can be a real disadvantage, a, a great disadvantage to your club when they just they continue like to meddle in in the clubs, um, what's going on a day to day basis, you know, and and to be able to you know create headlines and put more pressure on the club, and you just don't need it. And, but sometimes the old boys mm. and past players can can be a great advantage to the club and not be a destabilizing effect. So 
Uh, I was disappointed. In it. I, you know, what you do need from your past players, especially when things aren't great, is you need support. You need support. And I don't know whether there's an agenda with some old boys, whether they, you know, they want coaching positions there and they're not seeing as coaches or whatever it may be. I'm not quite sure. But um, I don't like the agendas that sometimes that, that former players play against their former clubs. That's what, that's what you're there for. You're there to, to be there in the, in the bad times. It's easy to be there in the good times. It's mm. easy to support a club when you're winning comps and playing in grand finals, making top four. You need them there when you need all hands on deck. Sats, we know journos have agendas. Some do. Some do. And, You're not and, all journos. But we, we know there, there, there is a journo or two having an agenda towards Hook at the Dragons. We know, uh, we know that, right? But would an ex-player have an agenda? Like, would someone like Matt Cooper make comments so that he can get someone else in there to coach? I don't know. What would be the motivation I, I don't for, know. I don't know what. I don't know what his motivation is. I, I don't know whether Matty Cooper – you know, has wanted a coaching job there before and and was unsuccessful. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, Jamie Soward is part of their, their coaching staff at the Dragons, so they do look at their past players as being part of their you know, their club moving forward. So I don't know what the agenda is. Maybe it's just passion, Jace. Mm. It's just passion. But I think it just needs to be directed in a in a far more positive a positive way towards your club. Righty, we're getting some uh, text through on this. Uh, Steve from Dubbo saying, you're right, Wolves about Griffin. He cops a lot of unfair criticism, that is for sure. Uh, hi, guys. Sats, you're absolutely right uh, about Hook and the young players. Time, there is no time for coaches these days except Melbourne and the kids at St. George seem all too impatient. They want everything now. Can't handle waiting their time. Cheers, St. Boyd, listening to us on 2HD. Good, good, good text, St. Boyd. Uh, if you've got some thoughts around uh, Hook and the boys at the Dragons, 0457 736 736. Toronto Rod has text. Hook had 12 wins and 12 losses. Most times would get you into the finals. Hook was good when doing commentary, analysed the game well as well. That's from uh, Toronto He's Rod. as dry as a desert, old Hook. A, he, good, a good Rockhampton boy, eh? Yeah, he's, he's just straight down the line. You know, he, he just tells you what he thinks. And sometimes, you know, people... That doesn't, yeah, it doesn't being doesn't confrontational well. doesn't sit well with some people. Yeah, we well, talk about wingers. Uh, we're yeah. gonna, we've got we've got an interview coming out really soon. Uh, it's a book, a brand new book that's coming out about Simon. Ah, uh, Simon, uh, about Kerry Boasted. It's called Bowie by Murray Barnett. We're going to chat to Murray Barnett shortly. And, and this book is is very interesting. And we thought he's Kerry Boasted came from the era when wingers were a bit smaller, apart from a couple. Sacks. Yes. He was fast. He could tackle. He could do everything. Mm, this bloke, courageous. Thought, where does he sit amongst the great wingers of all time? You reckon top ten? Absolutely. So we've asked you to send us through some text messages. The reptile should be added to the list. The reptile says shaggers, <laughs> best wingers. Rod Wishart, yes, big thighs. Nathan Blacklock, creative, entertaining. Noah Andruku, confrontational. Mick Devere, one of the best defensive centers mm-hmm. in. The history of the game, actually. He's a great story, Mick Devere. He, he sent a letter to Wayne Bennett saying, can I just come and train with you? Can I just come and trial? No one had even known anything about him. So they said, yeah, why not? Can't hurt. Ended up playing for his country. He was an outstanding player. There you go. Uh, wingers. What about the winger centre from Cronulla back in the 80s? Dean Carney had the biggest thighs in the history of the game. Although my dad had big thighs. This guy <laughs> made my, my dad's legs look like toothpicks. Uh, we've got a lot of really good texts coming through about wingers. Um, what about Darren Albert? I had a soft spot for Ashley Gordon. Ash the Flash in the early Crusades. 
mad Knights fan, Gav. Yeah, uh, Ashley Gordon. Gordon is a little bit like a a Nathan Blacklock. They didn't play the same, but they were real entertainers. They just they bobbed up in the right the right area of the field at the right time. No name on this text. It's one two seven. The last three digits. Happy birthday, Frank Wingers, Ken Irvine, Brian Bevan, Larry Corowa. Oh, the Flash. Uh, Eric Groth, of course, and Alex Johnston, who still, I don't believe, gets the – and I'm a one-eyed South Sydney supporter, but I still don't believe he gets the credit he deserves. No, a lot of a lot of people are critical of Alex because they believe that he gets clean ball and he just Please. basically has to put it across the line. But, well, that's what wingers are there for. They're there to finish tries off. That's 30 tries in the last two seasons. Yeah, it's not a bad – Result at, well, as, uh, at all. Uh, your text coming through, 0457 736 736. Thanks to McDonald Jones Holmes. Best text, don't forget, wins the Golden Eagle double pass at Rose Hill, 29th of October. Thanks to Racing New South Wales. Cricket update. Watch the T20 Cricket World Cup on KO Sports. We've been doing that every day here at Sports Day. Love it. Even if I miss it live when I'm driving home from work, mm-hmm. I can then just go back and watch it on the app. I, I just I love watch it. Watch it on the app. I can watch on the app oh, on my of course. phone. Uh, Sammy Hargraves. Oh, I will listen. I listen to SCN on the way home. No, but calling it great. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah, great yeah, yeah. caller. But but when it comes to KO, yeah. I also it's great. I can catch up any time. And when you miss, you can watch the highlights. Absolutely, yep. that's what you do. Ireland versus Scotland. Ireland won by six wickets with six balls remaining. Uh, they chased down 177. It's quite amazing, you know. Like that's that's a really big target for a. For a, a nation that's not renowned for its cricket skills, yeah, but it's been it's been a big twenty four hours for Ireland, hasn't it? Hasn't the Miss Universe just been named? No, Miss, Miss England is first redhead. Oh, Miss England. Why did I think of Ireland when you told me redhead? Well, thinking Ed Sheeran. I don't know. My but, rangers. Yep, you've got two rangers yourself. Respectfully, twins. What do you yep. mean respectfully? Well, you know the way you say it, you're, you're saying like you. It's, it's okay to call your daughters. But, but they're beautiful girls. They are beautiful girls. They call themselves rangers. Well, that's great. Right, so what's your point? <laughs> but, well, Miss England, first redhead in the history of Miss England, who will now go to Miss Universe. It's great to see. She was what, bullied at school. Was she? Yep. So what colour What colour is, is it a tinge of ginge? Is it, is it? No, she's red. She's like Ronald McDonald. Yes. Or Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. Oh, nice. Mm. West Indies are playing Zimbabwe. That's happening now, isn't it? Uh, the Windies are none for 24 off uh, three overs at the moment. They won the toss and uh, chose to I, I love watching West Indies walk out to play in these days, and they're all about five foot eight. <laughs> Back in the day when they <laughs> Nothing had wrong with that. Joel Garner and Malcolm Marshallman and Colin Croft and co, they're all – not Malcolm Marshall. All the others were six foot three, six foot four. Kirtley let, Ambrose, let me Colin throw, Croft. Let me throw this at you there. Patterson, yeah. It, it used to be on the bucket list mm-hmm. to go to somewhere like Jamaica or somewhere in the West Indies to go and watch a test match for five days on the hill, Australia versus West Indies, have a couple of rums, you know, drink responsibly, blah, 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 sit in that pool, just knock it out all day. Mm. That used to be on the bucket list. It's now off my bucket list because the Windies are just struggling at cricket, aren't they? To go to the West Indies and watch test cricket? Yeah. I wouldn't care where they're running in test yeah, cricket. You, you just be... go anyway. You, really? Well, you wouldn't remember the last three days. <laughs> it, how good would it be? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Just wear a dodgy wine shirt. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I've, repla- I've replaced it now. 
and maybe it's an age thing, but I've replaced it with that's if they let the live players play. Mm-hmm. I've changed it to the Masters. What okay. do you reckon? Would you do the Masters? Yeah. But is it on your bucket list? What's on no, your? No, it's not on my okay, bucket well, list. Okay, what is on your bucket list? Can you help me here? Well, I wanted to ride a ball, and I did that. What? Yeah, uh, I want to go to what Lambo, which is the home of the Green Bay Packers, to watch a game. How is Aaron Rodgers going this year? I'm not your a favorite? fan of Aaron Rodgers. I know you're not, but yeah. how are they going? Are they going all right? Three from three, three out, of three, three and three. I should say that's not good. That's no, not good. Um, I want to go to a Super Bowl. Yeah, which I'll do in the next three years. Yep. Um, is that the Vegas one? Well, no, I'd like to go to New Orleans. Oh, in how three, good would that be? In three years. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah. But no, going to Masters isn't one of my bucket lists. I like it. I could wear a polo, tuck it into some shorts, now, would pull you, them right up. Would you follow a particular group or would you just sit on a hole? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Oh, I'd, yeah, I'd probably follow Cam Smith. Okay. Currently. Although I want to go and sit in that, that hole, the 17th hole at Phoenix. You know, the party hole? Mm. I wouldn't mind sitting there for like five days if it's open for five days. You, you know the tournament only goes for four. Yes, but I'll get there the day Unless before. Unless it's live and it's only three days. <laughs> yeah, yes. Mm. I could fall asleep on the last day and wake up on the fifth. <laughs> that could be something. Hey, have you got a bucket list uh, sporting event you want to go and see? 0457 736 736 is our text uh, number. Uh, Afghanistan and Pakistan played in a warm-up match at the Gabba today. How'd that go? Jack, um, do you know the result of that? No. no. Okay, thanks, Jack. Uh, don't <laughs> risk missing all your team's matches of the T20 World Cup on KO Sports. You know what? I'll be able to go home and check that out on KO tonight. Rain delay. Called off due to rain. Oh, rain delay. Called off due to rain. There you go. There you Not go. much of a warm-up match. Uh, this is Sports Day. Australia's most wanted. Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage are cars of the year. When we come back, there's a new book coming out, Sats. It's from Murray Barnett. It's called Bowie, the Kerry Boasted Story. He joins us next on Sports Day. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. We'll be back soon. Beats it on the blind. Back inside to Lewis. Turns it away to Oliphant. They're moving nicely. Smith, Meninga, close, close. Gets it away to Boosted. This could be the try they're after. Yes, it is. He's over. Running around and Boosted is in. I love this time of the year, Sats. It's book season. Everything's coming out in time for, for Christmas. And most of us dads, we just love to read a good book over the Christmas period. We love our sports books. And there's a brand new one out. It's by Murray Barnett. It's called Bowie. Not David Bowie, but the <laughs> Kerry Bostead story. One of the finest and fastest wingers to ever play the game sats. Outstanding player. A very lo- lovable and likable guy off the field as well. And, um, and played in an era where... The big winger was starting to be introduced, but he just went against the grain. He was such a tiny man, but played you know, nearly 30 tests for his country, went on two kangaroo tours. Represented New South Wales and Queensland. In the same year. That's incredible. Yeah, and Let's... a lot of people realise that, the history of the game, that first State of Origin match in 1980. Played for the Seagulls, the what's that team? Roosters, something like that. Also played for the Bears. I didn't know he played for the Bears. Yeah, he did. Yeah, finished off there. There you go. Bring in the author now, Murray Barnett on Sports Day. G'day, Murray. Hey, gentlemen. Thanks very much for having me on. Now, this book is called The Kerry Bostead Story. Bowie, uh, I look forward to, to reading this myself. Mate, why did you choose uh, Kerry Bostead as a topic? 
Well, um, I wrote a book uh, that came out in 2015 called For the Love of the Game. It was about 10 players that played for Queensland before State of Origin uh, because I wanted to get some recognition for players that played in that era. And I decided, well, the next book that I wrote, I really wanted to try and focus on one particular player. And I looked around, saw who had already had a book put out and who hadn't. And I found that Kerry didn't. And I asked to have a meeting with him, uh, found his phone number, called him, and uh, he agreed for me to write the book. And so it's a totally authorised biography. Um, We collaborated on it together. And uh, he agreed uh, to let me write the book with him, and we've spent three and a half years on it. Oh, that's great! And like I said, he's such a, a lovable guy to to meet off the field. He's uh, loves a chat, loves a conversation, and some of the things that you absolutely, the, yeah, some yeah. of the things that you discovered about Kerry um, in writing the book, and what a lot of a lot of our listeners who would be Kerry Bostead fans um, probably didn't realise that born in Innisfail, raised in Innisfail, has produced a lot of very good rugby league players. But while playing in Innisfail, he got rep- he represented Queensland and Australia playing out of a little country, hmm. North Country, uh, North Queensland country town. Absolutely. Well, he was actually born in Silkwood, which is just outside of Innisfail. And uh, he did play in the uh, Innisfail competition for a club called Southern Suburbs. Mm-hmm. And he played only four first grade games for Southern Suburbs before he went through the different uh, teams to uh, reach the Queensland team and the Australian team. So four, four A-grade games uh, and then went on to play for Queensland and Australia uh, with only four games. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, but also that first Origin match in 1980, as Jace just mentioned, he, he not only made, played for Queensland in 1980 in that first Origin match, and there was only one game in 1980, but he played for New South Wales also that same year. Just explain to the listeners how that how that happened. Right, right, right. So, of course, um, in 1980, uh, it wasn't state of origin initially and hadn't been for – well, it, it never had been yeah. because you uh, represented the state where you lived. So he was playing for the Roosters at the time. Uh, in Sydney, so because he was living in Sydney, he got picked to to play uh, for New South Wales two games, and then of course when the uh, when um, Queensland lost the first two games, they uh, organised the State of Origin game, and so he represented Queensland, and he told me it's quite an interesting experience because uh, earlier um, people would throw bottles at him and treat him like an enemy <laughs> because he played for New South Wales, and then. As soon as he comes in place for Queensland, Bowie, Bowie, so uh, everybody's on his side suddenly. He was outstanding. So he thought that was quite an interesting Like experience. we're saying, you know, he was such, uh, such an exciting winger to watch purely because he was so tiny, but he, he came up against some of the real giants on the wing, didn't he? Guys like Terry Fay and Eric Groth. And a yes. lot of the time he had their measure. And, and Mark Harris, yes. Yeah. Yes, that's absolutely. Well, what a lot of people don't know is that when he uh, was playing in Innisfail uh, uh, when he was younger and he played for the Queensland schoolboys, he played at halfback. So he only um, became a winger uh, when he started playing for um, Queensland country. So because he um, played all his early career as a halfback, he knew how to tackle really well. So um, when they put him out on the wing, um, that tackling ability, of course, was still there. 
After his playing days uh, in rugby league, he obviously moved on to management and administration. It, yeah. Administration. He was one of the the driving forces behind the North Queensland Cowboys. Absolutely, I would call him the number one driving force behind that. Um, he was the first uh, employee of of the um, of the group that was trying to get the Cowboys going. He was the first CEO, and um, he 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 spent. Hours and hours and hours of his time uh, liaising with Ken Arthurson and John Quayle about what was necessary to get the Cowboys over the line. Um, in fact, uh, his wife, Lee, was the person that actually came up with the name Cowboys because there were a couple of glitches that uh, went on early on when they were um, trying to connect with uh, the, the North Queensland guys. And uh, there, was a, there was a problem a couple of times with a, with a plane flight uh, because they were on standover tickets but then missed their flight. And, and Lee actually said, what a bunch of cowboys. <laughs> and so it was like an in-house joke for a little while, and then uh, the, the, the name sort of stuck. Yeah, good stuff. That's great to hear. Now, over Super League, I'm, I actually met with Kerry Boasted in 1993. For a contract? I uh, met him in the Greenmount Green um, Surf Club. No, not the Surf Club, the Greenmount... Uh, Hotel, the, the, yeah, the accommodation. Yeah. All right, yeah. Yeah, he was staying there talking to Gold Coast Seagulls players because Grant Bell was the first coach and he was our coach at Gold Coast. And Correct. He's trying to get a and, lot of us young players up there. And he came from the Gold there. Coast, that's right. Yeah, so yeah. now that they went they went to Super League in 1995 for the 1997 season, he, and like I said earlier on, he's such a he's such a likeable guy and is such a likeable guy, Bowie, and he wouldn't have an enemy. But during that time around Super League, Anyone who linked themselves with Super League did find a lot of enemies within the game. Was did Kerry find some people that um, were all of a sudden against a lot of his values and and what he believed in as a rugby league administrator? Yeah, well, he not only is he a nice guy and a likable guy, a popular guy, he's also a very ethical guy. So what had happened is um, it, it's quite a long story, and uh, maybe uh, listeners can uh, buy the book to find out uh, more detail. But in short. Uh, what happened is um, they'd gone to the ARL uh, uh, earlier uh, in the year and um, agreed to go with the ARL. But then um, uh, Shorty McLean uh, decided that um, they'd go with Super League. And Kerry said, hey, but we'd already decided we'd go with the ARL. So um, the board decided to go with Super League, even though they'd originally signed a contract with the ARL. Kerry couldn't stand that because he said, look, we went to the ARL hand on hearts that we agreed that we'd go with the ARL. So he didn't feel it was right um, to stay under those yeah. circumstances. Murray Barnett, the uh, the author of Bowie, the Kerry Bosted story, you can get it in all good bookstores. We'll t- ask you where shortly. Before we let we, you go, we hear via Jack, our producer, that uh, you're a very big Gary Belcher fan. Out of five, what would you give the book uh, Kangaroo Confidential? <laughs> All right. Well, anything to do with uh, Gary Belcher, I'd uh, automatically give five out of five for sure. He was uh, one of the one of the big players I uh, followed when I was younger. You must so, be very uh, easily lo- impressed. Loved him, loved him as a player. <laughs> you must be easily impressed. <laughs> 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 Uh, He's a good man. Well, I wouldn't say that, but uh, he, he was a he was a great player. Can we expect you to do a book on the great badge uh, anytime soon? Well, I I, I would be honoured uh, if he was interested. I 
I'd be happy to talk to him at any time about that. All right. Well, Sats and I are his managers, so yeah. feel free to chat to yeah. us. Yeah. And we take 70%. <laughs> yeah. Okay, All sure. Right, done. Right, where can 70%. we get you? 70%. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I was expecting... <laughs> I was expecting you'd take 80%, so that's fine. No, we're nice guys. Uh, so we're taking 70% each, by the okay. way. I just want to let you know that. Hey, uh, whereabouts can oh, we get where, – okay. where can we get the book Bowie from? It, it will be in uh, bookstores later on uh, this year, but if you'd like to get a copy now for Christmas and it's autographed, you can go to thecreativewriter.com.au forward slash Bowie, B-O-W-I-E, and you can get an autographed copy that way. Murray Barnett, uh, the author of Boy, the Kerry Bosted story. Appreciate your time tonight on Sports Day. Ah, uh, you're very welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. The prize money, the prize money announcement today. Look, we do. It feels like we do this every month. Every time I jump on the radio, I'm, I'm talking about prize money increases. Basically, uh, for the next month, guys, Greyhound Racing New South Wales is going to commence a trial. So it's not forever, but a trial of increasing prize money on one-turn racetracks next month. So we've got a few of these, Maitland, Golden, Tamora, Grafton and Bulleye. They're one-turn tracks, so uh, people out there will be saying, well, hang on, aren't most of the tracks circle? Well, yes, a lot of them are, but we only race from certain positions on certain tracks. So the Golden Cup, for instance, which we'll talk about in a minute, and the Golden Fireball, they're run on the Golden track this Friday. That's a one-turn track. So anyway, from next month, uh, we're going to be giving out more prize money, basically, to try and encourage more dogs and trainers to head off to those meetings. There tends to be a focus on the round tracks, and obviously more prize money tends to go to Wentworth Park, which is our city track, to Dapto, which is another track that we race around the circle. Um, but this is a really good initiative from Greyhound Racing New South Wales. Wagering, you know, is at a, is at a really high level, and we, we do say gamble responsibly, but people are... Um, are betting a bit at the moment and we're trying to give that money back to our participants because they're the product, they're the ones that keep people coming out to the tracks or keep people interested throughout the week with their wagering. So more prize money. If you're out there listening and you're a trainer, you beauty, your pockets are about to be filled even more by Greyhound Racing New South Wales. Yeah, nice. Now uh, there, is, there is going to be a good mix of some local hopes and some very classy dogs as well at the Golden Cup, as you mentioned, and the Fireball and the finals are on this Friday, aren't they? Yeah, spot on, Sats. The Fireball is worth $25,000 to the winner in the Ladbrokes Golden Cup. Uh, group 3 event, but Group 2 prize money, $40,000 to the winner. I was talking to a few old-timers earlier in the week, boys. The Golden Cup was worth a grand about 20 years ago. Now it's worth $40,000. And the Fireball, well, it was run for the first time in 2016. It was a $5,000 purse. And now the winner gets twenty five grand. So look, another another example of um, not only Greyhound Racing New South Wales, but the Golden Club doing a wonderful job to attract people to their venue and get great dogs running around. And you're right, we've got a heap of local hopes. We've got Melcat Big Boy, Musky Star and Wiradjuri Jack running around in the Golden Cup. Uh, we've got Manton Larry and Lime Rock Park running around in the Fireball. They're all the local hopes. But look, it looks like it's Aston Barracks race to lose. I talk about the Cup, of course. This dog's just going from strength to strength. Won seven of his nine races at the Goulburn 440-metre track. Uh, he's just a big, strong dog. And for those out there who aren't um, maybe familiar with greyhound racing, the one-turn tracks, the big, expensive tracks, like your Goulburn or your Bulleye, they suit big, strong dogs. So, Sats, if you're a dog, you'd be suited to the one-turn tracks, mate. You're a big, bullocking type, and that's what we like down there. So, Aston Barrett, going to be really hard to beat on Friday. And it's twilight racing. So if you're down in the region, get out. What better way to finish your Friday off than by heading to the dogs and seeing some really good chases go around?
Uh, yeah, Sats, uh, I'm not going to answer that question about him being a big, strong dog anyway. Uh, Identify as a cat. Yeah, cat. We've, we've been through this already. Uh, tips at Wenty Park tonight, mate. Yeah, look, we're going to try and get our money late in the program. So, look, just keep your money close to your chest. Race 8, number 7, especially rare. She's around 240 250 at the moment. That price has drifted. So she was $2 yesterday. Um, I'm not sure we'll get too much meat on the bone. But, look, she's just boxed perfectly. Guys, boxers have a big say in who wins races. She hates the inside. A lot of greyhounds love it down there, but she wants to be out wide. She's in box 7 tonight. There's a vacant lid next door in 6, so she'll have plenty of room to move. Her track and trip PB, if she lives up to that, 29.74, she'll smash them. But she's got to jump. Uh, that run came in the black rug. So I like her chances. Race eight, number seven, especially rare. Then race, race nine, number two, Velocity Stella. Glennie and Robin Goodwin, they're from my neck of the woods down here in Wollongong. They've got a pup uh, going pretty well. She broke her maiden last week at Dapto. The time was really good for maiden class, 29.91. Anytime they go under 30 seconds, the dog's running pretty good. That was only a fit start. She's got some really good form lines behind some top-class dogs. Uh, she also ran second to a dog by the name of Black Abbott. Now, it's going around at $1.50 on the Wensy Park program tonight. So there's a bit of a form reference there. If Black Abbott wins, I think Velocity Stella will win as well. Race nine, number two, Velocity Stella at Wensy Park. And there's uh, the box is clear next to Velocity Stella as well. Box three. No one oh, there. Was that sorry, Seth? So box three, there's no one next to Velocity Stella oh, as well, yes. so it gets a bit of room. Yes. That's good, mate. Exactly. You're learning every week. Every week I talk to you, it feels like you know more about the Greyhound caper. Spare box to the outside, always a good thing. The Greyhound racing can be a little bit bump and bash and bustle. Uh, she's only a little thing, so that'll definitely suit. All right, you'll be out of a job next week. Scott Sattler mm-hmm. will be doing our uh, New South Wales Greyhounds <laughs> update. Uh, mate, thanks, Simon. Thedogs.com.au, the home of everything Greyhound racing in New South Wales. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Yeah, looking forward to it. Good on your stats. Well done, boys. Come on, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. There's got to be an investigation into this. This has got to be someone's got to be accountable for this. Yeah, that's ridiculouses. And if you've got one as well, oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Get your text through for McDonald Jones Holmes birthday sale. You're looking perplexed there, because well, mine are a little bit morbid tonight. Oh. I've got oh, two. terrific. Yeah. One is sports-related, and this one I'm going to start off with uh, with Tooves is now one of my favourite boxers, if not my favourite boxers of all time, is Sugar Ray Robinson. Mm. I think pound for pound the greatest boxer of all time. But the night before Sugar Ray Robinson was to fight a guy by the name of Jimmy Doyle. He was only about 22, 23 at the time. They fought in 1947. Sugar Ray Robinson the night before dreamt he would knock out and kill Jimmy Doyle in the, in the fight. So he called the commission the next morning and said, I'm not fighting. They called a Catholic priest in and convinced him it was all right. It was just a dream. Mm. Eighth round, he hit him with a left hook, knocked him out. He died the next day. Come on. That's ridiculous. What about that? That, that is That is ridiculous. freaky. That is scary. And uh, that was his first title defense, Sugar Ray Robbins. Went on, to again, to win multiple, multiple world championships through uh, numerous, um, numerous divisions. So yeah, that's that's freaky, isn't it? That is ridiculous. That is. Uh, I don't know if I want to do mine now because mine. You've brought the mood down. Well, do you want me to do another one? Then you can bring it back up. Okay, in two thousand and eight, yeah. an anti-kidnapping expert. Oh, I find this Felix one. Batista. <laughs> well, he presented a seminar in Mexico how not to get kidnapped. 
He was then kidnapped after the seminar. Come on, that's ridiculous. So that's lifted the mood. He's a bit. still missing. Oh, two thousand and eight. That was. Mm. Right, so bring us back up. Come on. Um, Joe Rogan, you know, that controversial podcaster yes. in, in America, uh, has released the details that there are, is a school uh-huh. in the US that is forcing uh, a teacher to put a kitty litter box for a student who identifies as a cat. Come on, that's ridiculous. In, in the classroom. So, Fluffy, what, Fluffy McGee. What gave it away? Was it, did, did this person male or female, I'm not quite sure, go and see the principal and say, listen, I now I now identify as a cat. Or it said meow. Just, just during one class, did the teacher look up and see the student outside in the licking, garden? Licking oh. its hands, licking its paws. Yeah. I don't know. What gave it away? Well, well it, was, it did a poo in the garden outside the classroom with covering it up for about an hour. That may have given it away. It caught a mouse. In class, yeah. it's a dead giveaway. But seriously, come on, the kid's not a cat. Mm. I'm not going to have my kid in the same classroom as another kid taking a dump <laughs> in a little square box and then trying to cover it. Well, it might be a little square box. It's got to be quite big because it's actually it's a human. It's a human size. So imagine the poor teacher having having <laughs> to use a pooper scooper to get that out. Come on. What is it? Come on, that's ridiculous. Please, there are kids, and and oh, look, I'm not gonna make light of it, but there are kids go to our school that d- d- identify themselves no as uh, uh, other things than human, like trees and birds <laughs> and so. I'm not, I'm not making fun of it. I'm being serious. Stop it. The stuff the kids tell me just my head blows up. No wonder I come into work angry every so day. So if the kids, if there's one of these kids that are standing in the playground and the mm. bell goes, everyone's got to run off. And this one kid's just standing there in the in the playground. The teacher says, "Hey, little Johnny, get the class." And one of the students goes, "No, little Johnny's a tree. He can't run. He can't leave." <laughs> yeah. Jack, can we put that in the promo? That's that's as good as it gets. Please. What about yeah. this other one? What? Well, the, the Courier Mail reporting. Yeah. If you see a thumbs up emoji, it's offensive now to young people. Come on, that's ridiculous. Like, Pat really? Cummins wouldn't like it. Well, there's a middle finger emoji. You'd think that'd be far more offensive. It means you're old or rude. Mm. Every time someone under 40 now sends me an email saying, I'm giving it three thumbs up. How is that offensive? I don't know. If you've got it, that's ridiculous. I feel like that old man yelling at a cloud. Well, you do it every night. You've done it the last two nights about cricket and Pat Cummins and Alinta Energy and all that kerfuffle. Seriously, though, a kitty litter tray in a classroom for a kid. Yeah. Please. Mm. They asked the kid what they thought and he said, I think it's perfect. (laughs) See, that's not spontaneous. You've been working up to that. And don't act like that was spontaneous. This is Sports Day. <laughs> Stray's most wanted uh, for the Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage. Back in a moment. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. Australia's most wanted. The Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage Cars of the Year. 
This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. Gary Belcher back next uh, Wednesday night from his holiday and Brooke Hansen joining us tomorrow night, Sats. I'm looking forward to having Brooke in here. Yeah, I haven't met Brooke. Haven't you met her in person? Face-to-face. Now, I've spoken to her before yeah. on numerous occasions, but not face-to-face. Really nice lady. Loves a footy. Mad manly supporter. Mm, it'll be interesting to get her. We didn't Absolutely. touch on the Des Hasler stuff earlier on. We had a fair bit to, to talk about We'll quickly there. do it now before we get to the texts. What's the go with Des? What's the latest? Well, can I just wait? And, can you talk and, and fill no, space? No, I'm like not doing that rubbish. a fair rubbish. bit of stuff. Oh, is there? We'll do it tomorrow night then. Hey, yeah. um, we're going to draw our text of the night, by the way. Boys and girls. Uh, so this is what he does. When we're in the break, <laughs> he looks, he looks at yeah. social media the whole time. He's oh, I hate social media. But he's just. Mr. Muzz has sent us a text. <laughs> Woogie and Sats, the school teacher, will have to go to Bunnings and buy one of those blue plastic shells and fill it with sand. Mm. See, that's an idea. If you have a, a kid in your class who identifies as a cat. Yep. Uh, that's what I would be doing tomorrow. Danger sent us some uh, very rude emojis. Why corn? Oh, because the cat litter. Corn? No, because. Oh, okay. You see what it looks like now? I don't want to have to explain it to you guys. Yeah, okay. Rightio. We had some really good ones about streakers. Yeah. Or pitch invaders. Yep. Can you try and find those? No. We had little Jimmy on the Gold Coast says, my pitch invader was was, uh, Greg Hartley, like you said, and the woman going off on him. That's great. That was a good one. Hey, uh, a, tech, a really good text here, Ree, uh, David Warner. We talked about this with Crash Craddock uh, in the first hour of the show. Surely being selected as an opening batsman for Australia in all three formats is the greatest privilege for an opening batsman. Take that. Take the personality out. No issue, I would think. Warner needs no one's approval but his own. He is a senior player and member of all three sides. That is not hard done by in any book I'm aware of. Great players and, yes, has done all he could since the uh, South African debacle. Keep scoring runs, Davey. Let the other cards fall where they may. That's Des the Mad Crew. Good text, Des. Mm-hmm. I, I just think, though, I think he's done enough to have his leadership ban removed. And Smith. I think they both should have it removed. What do you reckon? It, it doesn't mean they need to be skipper, but um, absolutely have the leadership uh, ban removed. Is I've, it just tokenistic then? Well, just get rid of the ban. It doesn't really mean anything. Well, no, I think they made a stand. I think they made. Well, I thought. I thought the ban itself was was over the top compared to other examples. Hmm. We had a text here, a long text here, which probably won't get time. It's about Freddie Flintoff and Treskothic admitting that they tampered with a ball, with the ball in a in a series, and um, so I thought it was over the top their ban first and foremost. But uh, to 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 take the ban off, I think they've. I think through public humiliation as well and, and public outrage, a lot of Australian cricket players moving forward have learnt their lesson. So mm. I think they made I think they made their stand. Okay. G'day, gents. How can the third game of the Constellation Cup, which is the Nepal series between Australia yes. and New Zealand tonight, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Possibly go ahead tonight in Melbourne. On the court there is a big diamond sponsored by Origin Energy. There is also a couple of other Origin Energy signs and a bow repair tyres signs. Tyres contain oil and steel. These are actually on the court, not around it. Rooster mm. Muzz. Yep. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I don't want to go into it. Can I read one out? Yeah, go. What? Who, what why? Bondi Jack, you guys are kidding on Ireland. A serious cricket nation for a decade. Oh, beaten England several times, including World Cup 2018, and play them regularly... In uh, they, they play county as opposed to belt Scotland. Bono Jack, we're going all the way up for the cup. Mm. Um, we've got one here from Rich, and this is in relation to uh, we're talking about 
the Anthony Griffin and mm. uh, and what's going on at the Dragons and mm-hmm. Sats and Wug. I get what you're saying about journos and agendas, but only three Dragons turned up to the post-season dinner, which is very damning. Hook has lost the room, guys. If he's so good with younger players, do what Peter Mulholland did and go into junior development, talent ID. And it's, it's, a, it's a fair text, absolutely. And th- there are some concerns around what happened at that presentation night. Um, conflicting conflicting responses from CEO and Chairman Craig Young. Of course, Craig Young, one of the greatest players of all time. Uh, well, I do know they did allow players who were going to represent nations in the World Cup. They allowed them to go away with family before they went away for a you know, five, six, seven-week tournament. Then they're going to be gone for the first part of the, the pre-season if you did play in the World Cup. And as I said, it is a concern. And it was also on the back of Young Sullivan and Sloan who were wanting releases. Um, but they wait until the NRLW were finishing their finals campaign as well. And um, so I've got to say, we don't know whether the club made it a priority the because of where they positioned on the calendar. You are by, you know, by contract. Um, that you have to attend those sort of functions. But he definitely has a battle on his hands. Okay, very quickly, this is our text winner tonight. Boys from the bridge, now that Pat Cummins is all about net zero emissions, how is he going to get from country to country for tests and World Cups? Hope he's a, he's a good rower. No more IPL for him. Mm. Well done. Boys from the bridge, you've won those two tickets to the Golden Eagle uh, Saturday week at Rose Hill. Here we go. On sports day, it's time for the last laugh with Scott Sattler. I can't believe I just wandered in. I, he's coming right in. He's going to do a set after me. The stage is yours, Sats. Here we go. Yeah, my girlfriend once, she broke up with me when she found out I only have nine toes. You know I've only got nine toes. Hey? She was lactose intolerant. Oh, God. That's, oh God! That's not that. No, that's not. Jack, get out. That is not even funny. <laughs> We're gonna go. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow night with Brooke Hanson. Better behave ourselves. Catch you tomorrow. Bye bye. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. All thanks to McDonald's, Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.